Hi, my name is Ilya Sanchez. Subscribe to 110 Football. Hello everyone, welcome into another episode of LAFC 360. I'm Vince LaRosa and we are still excited about not only another LAFC win, but Gareth Bale scoring his first goal. And joining me today is the man with the new haircut. You're looking good, Philly. It's not just the suit, the haircut's sharp. Thanks, man. I'm trying out for the role of Chris Kirkpatrick in the next InSync biopic, so I figured I'd do the hair. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you came with the jokes, too. Uh, and then Max Bredo, same haircut, same Max. Same it's the only haircut I really can manage these days. It's this or this. this. That's it. I'm going to have to go look at some more InSync content after that. Just get a refresher on who Chris Kirkpatrick was, is. I feel like he was probably... Or the, how he looked, is what I should he say. He was the crier of the bunch, so hopefully you got the... He the was the cool, down. stylish one of the bunch. That's not what I've heard. Uh, <laughs> folks, we love it when you get interactive. We love seeing your, your comments in here. Soccer USA, Thickety Wickets, Andres. Love seeing you all back here, the usual suspects. So please, let's get interactive. Let's chat. We're going to ask questions amongst each other. Get involved. That makes the show fun for us and obviously fun for you all as well. Great to see. Look there, it's an allegiance right now. All the heavy hitters here, says Daniel. That's right. You get to be in that chat room, but you got to subscribe. Subscribe here to 110 Football on YouTube. Go subscribe on all the social media handles, and please like. A little thumbs up there. Thumbs up. Like the, like the video. It's a good one. That's why. Not forcing your hand. All right. I'm going to apologize. Yes, there is no Connor here. I am in his seat, and it does feel weird for me. I'm not used to looking left. Uh, but let's get right into it with all the big storylines from Saturday's 2-0 win in the not-quite-balmy Kansas City. Uh, well, it was hot as... I don't know. I'll leave there. Hot as blank. Hot Sweaty. as balmy. Uh, let's get into... Hashtag Come on, guys. It's the one thing I have left. Rick Wilson's in the house. Uh, you know what? Before, since you guys have kind of stepped on that, on my what's trending, uh, will you please allow me to throw to the sound um, and let's hear from the one and only Gareth Bale talking about his goal and, and about that matchup in KC. I'm, I'm enjoying it here. They've, the, everybody at the club has made me feel very welcome very quickly and I feel very settled straight away. So, um, and I think any player will tell you is uh, if you're happy and settled, they'll start to play their best football. So, um, yeah, I hope that that continues and um, I'll keep working hard for the team like I always do. We understand each other very well, I think. Um, Good forward players always work off each other and, and know where to be off the ball and on the ball. So, uh, yeah, they've been amazing since I've been here. Um, both great players. And, um, yeah, hopefully we can we can keep gelling and scoring a lot more goals together. Okay, so Gareth Bale is obviously the top talking point. And I think what's the coolest part about this is Gareth Bale is probably a talking point, not just in MLS circles, but probably all around the world. So what was your guys' take after the match for Gareth Bale? I mean, it was outstanding him coming into the match itself. It wasn't just us that were excited. Clearly, everybody at Children's Mercy Park got up in their chairs and did their screaming and yelling. And it's if you're a fan of the game, I mean, it's a real treat to see somebody at Gareth Bale's ability and quality. And he obviously didn't disappoint. And let's talk about how comfortable he feels. And it, the optics are certainly there. He looked really comfortable, right? Uh, celebrating the goal. Team security, Paul, giggling, laughing all through there. Uh, you can't really fake that. Or maybe you can. I just don't think you really want to. Uh, but you, you look at the process, he arrives, gets off a plane, goes to a game, gets doused at the Shalalas, gets right into training, right at the game. These high-profile players, it's not supposed to work that quickly. But I think it's very telling on how the process has gone where uh, you can see how Gareth Bale, how the club has treated him because he, he looks really happy and he, feeling like this is just the beginning. Well, it's two weeks in a row where uh, the home fans – didn't get treated to a victory by their home team, but they got to see they got to see, yeah. Gareth Bale comes in, debuts. Everyone's excited about that. As you said, there was a big cheer there in Nashville when he came in. And then even a cheer when he scores against SKC. And let's let's take a look at that that goal. Uh, it was very pretty. Uh, I think I want what I want to point out is the quick release. And a lot of people have pointed out, so I'm not like breaking new ground here. But that's like, that's a level... That's world class. Like that's just where that's where you separate. You know that that half a second extra that he buys himself from a good player. You want to talk class. about world class? When Chicho Arango hit that ball and it hit his left foot and it just died. Yeah. It just stopped cold turkey and then he just dribbled it. And everything about that shows you the class that he's got. But to your point, I think fans in Nashville and Kansas, 
have something to say that I was there. That has equity, right? Mm -hmm. When you're a sports fan. So very exciting for everyone. It's not just an LAFC thing. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we're going to have the ability to witness his first start and a second goal at Bank of California Stadium this Friday. But you kind of have to feel a little bad for the backup keeper pulse camp. The game really <laughs> changed in the 50th yeah. minute when Melia went out. And I mean, I got to like reference the Steve Gutenberg masterpiece film, The Big Green. I can only imagine pulse camp seeing a 21-year-old kid who's only had two starts on the season, seeing Gareth Bale come at him. It was like that kid in, in the big green seeing like a motorcycle. I've never seen this movie. What? It's on. It's all. It's on. Is Disney it a soccer Plus. movie? Oh yeah. Steve oh, Gutenberg's yeah. in it. Yeah, you got to. Is it old or is it a new it's release? Older, yes. It's old. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, I'll take a look. He something said to watch Steve tonight. Steve Gutenberg's in it. Steve so what does that tell you? Yeah. Steve yeah. Gutenberg, great in the Village People movie. In case you're <laughs> looking for something else. And boys from Brazil. A little bit more dark. Oh, uh, I was I was like, are you confusing Police Academy with the Village People? <laughs> Have you seen the Village People movie? No. Watch it. Right, Watch I'll, it. I'll check it out. But I, I, I just I want to go back to the to the play though. The other thing that was world class was the lightning quickness of that counterattack ability. Like Gail covered Bale, a lot of ground Gareth quickly. Bale takes one touch to get it straight to Chicho, and then the second that he sees it's gonna stick on Chicho's foot and he can turn, whoop, just goes. And I would say even though he was, you know well, head and shoulders above, faster than everyone else on the pitch, still looked a bit leggy. So yeah. there's still like more you can add on to Gareth Bale. I think he covered I a lot of ground quickly. Yeah. Uh, he went box to box, and we always hear about maybe the verticality, it's a little overused expression, is a little bit behind. And you're right, he still has to get fit. But that one sequence, he got from point A to point B as the crow flies with the quickness. And I mean, with that, he becomes the 15th goal scorer for LAFC season. I mean, this is a team that is playing as a collective unit. In 2019, where we really were breaking hearts and setting trends, it was Carlos Vela that was lighting the back of the net time after time after time. But we have so many players on this team that have been contributing in the scoring line, and that's what's making this team so deadly this season. I'm excited. It's uh, it's it's some. You're great excited because you're on a lot of the calls. For I am, app. yeah. Okay, just full uh, disclosure here. Uh, the national broadcasts were at the front of the season. They had no idea that Bale and Chiellini were coming here. Now we have a lot of the back end, so we're we're very pumped and very excited to have been able to call uh, these last two road games, which LAFC were able to to get a victory, which we'll talk about a little later because that's rare too. Yeah, winning well, on me, the road in MLS. Let me uh, let me put this out there one more time, MLS. When a team scores a goal and you're going to clip it, please clip the team's <laughs> broadcasters that scored the goal. It's not just the fact that the guy said he beat Crapeau, which is a bad mistake, but just you want Max's energy. You want the, the joy that comes from that broadcast. It's the second week in a row that you've forgotten to clip my man Max Bredos when Gareth Bale's done something and learn your lesson. Last week I said the check is in the mail, but obviously I don't use checks anymore, so the Venmo is in the phone. Oh, it's coming I'm over. Good. Yeah, obviously, we're all excited about Gareth Bale <laughs> scoring the goal, but it wasn't just Gareth Bale that got himself on the scoring line. Once again, cue my obligatory Chicho. Chicho Arango surpassing Rossi with all his golazos. Chicho Arango doing his thing, <laughs> scoring, what, seven out of eight games? He's now the leading scorer on the team with nine. Chicho Arango, let's talk about him and his contribution to the game. You got to find – so – I said this to you guys. I have a camera. good Daniel Shallowy song if he ever comes to LFC, but I'll, I'll save the broadcast for them. <laughs> well, I mean, it'd be nice if he did. He'll probably be good Spurl. next season because he hasn't <laughs> been, you know, his alternating years. Uh, but I was talking to you guys off camera, and I was talking about how, you know, Chicho Rongo and players in general, you have to find a way when you're not having your best game to still impose yourself on the game. Chicho has done it, obviously, with goals, which is the, the most important part of the game. I, my only worry is what happens when the goals possibly dry up? How, how is he going to impose himself on the game? And look, I'll have to eat crow because he's probably going to continue to score game in and game out. I'm just That's my only worry here is he because that first half, Watching him was rough, and you can still you could tell from Steve Trinello's comments about him. Well, and it's not going to bode well. He wants a little bit more. It's not going to bode well for the folks in the chat because Chicho Rango is being glorified, and because for good reason, he's scoring a lot of goals. And the way goal scores have been determined historically is mm -hmm. score goals. You don't have to do stuff, but the game's changed. It has, especially the way LAFC plays. So he's got to be able to hang his hat on a few other things. As tough as that may sound, uh, this is a team that needs everyone to, and this is his LAFC from day one, everyone to work hard defensively to make sure that they win the ball back, to get guilt opportunities, to not get beaten by it. And the way it's built, it's obviously you need, Chicho is part of that jigsaw puzzle. 
And you had a lot of great passing, like, from the team. You had you had Cifuentes getting the ball over to, to Carlos Vela. Carlos Vela gets it to Mahala. Mahala gets it to Chicho, and he absolutely puts Fontas in his back pocket and scores one heck of a goal. But another thing that stood out for me, obviously, is his uh, his unselfishness. On that counter where Bale passes him the ball, once again, he's got Fontas with him. He could have easily drove right past him and... and, and Shot at Pulse Camp, but what did he do? He connected with Gareth Bale, and that got Gareth Bale on the scoring line. So, again, this team is playing as a brilliant, well-oiled, cohesive unit, his con- huge. His contribution on the second Bale goal is more than scoring a goal. He obviously gets an assist, but he helped facilitate that. So there's a good example. No, he but he has to – you're right, Vince. He has to earn his keep he has on there. It, whether you see it or not, it's hard to identify it when you're watching it because you're, you're looking at the goals. But – I think we all have to retrain our eyes to see how everyone on that field is mm-hmm. playing in every capacity. Look, they made adjustments. He had an incredible second half. You're right. Not just the goal scoring. It was the pass. It was the hold-up play. And I, I want to say this, too. This is not a fan problem, right? Fans, you love him. He's scoring seven goals out of eight. He scores in bunches. Love him to death. I'm just saying if you're Steve Trundolo, if you're John Thorrington, you have to be pragmatic in the fact that Goals do dry up at times, and Chicho is a streaky scorer. That's why we're seeing this. However, there are times when he goes four or five games without scoring, and in those games, how else is he going to be effective? Those are those guys' problems, not fan problems, but I just want to say, like, I just want to point it out that in the first half, when he did not score, he was not good pressing. He was not good against the ball, was not good passing, didn't really hold up the ball. So if you go two or three games without scoring, and then those are also the problems, that's where Steve pushes him a little bit more. And I think Steve's big emphasis is like let's not get complacent let's not think that the goals are just going to come but again for the fans that are like guys he just scores like people are saying is water wet chicho scores i, I agree with you have let's have let's roll with and it. as you fun. said they ad- they adapted to the way he was defending and where they were able to get counterattack goals and chicho paid off in in bushels with that by the way jesus excited for the attack when raito is available again we're optimistic mm-hmm. it could be this week we don't can't confirm that but we are optimistic because our conversation with Steve is that he's training with the team again. When, so when has Chicho we, ever been streaky with LAFC? He started the season. Yeah, he did. In, goal, he, in yeah. a gold drought. It was slow. It was a little frustrating. He started the, the season in a gold drought. He's, he went through last season where he was on for a little bit, and then there was like four games where he didn't score. Look, if you're a striker and the only thing you do is score, you can't go four games without scoring. That's that's the rub. That's where that it's a dual-edged sword in that. Yeah, well, that's how you become a very successful striker, and you become a DP, and he's not a DP, and there's no reason to rush him into that, but uh, – Certainly, that's how you do it. It certainly appeared like it was a game where LAFC hit all their targets. But Steve Trundle, was it a perfect game? Was it a game that he would like to see LAFC duplicate what was missing? Well, let's take a listen. I would I would always love for us to play to our potential from the first minute on and for 90 minutes. Um, that isn't always possible for many factors. Fatigue, opponent, um, weather, uh, field conditions. There are many factors that um, can dampen a performance or or um, make a team play less than their potential. Um, but I would love for this team to, to always play to their potential because if we do, we're going to win a lot of games um, and score a lot of goals. One of our objectives throughout this year, and I've, and I've always been open about this, is um, whatever phase we're in, if it's a deeper block, it's a higher block, you know, a press, or we have the ball um, with our offensive organization or in transition, our team should have solutions in each phase and should be well balanced in each phase. And I am seeing that. And so being able to win a game um, in the manner we did tonight um, proves that. So I'm, I am happy with this. He's very happy with it. And it's interesting. He says when they play at the full potential, we will win a lot of games, which they're already doing, score a lot of goals, which they are doing also. And you start to imagine if they click on that, how great it could look. The ceiling is still very high for this team. And the... The slow starts are kind of – I look at them at two ways here because, yeah, they weren't able to score that early goal, goal, which they're perfect when they score first. In winning, they don't drop any points. But there's also the swat side, okay, you're not scoring goals. How do you adapt? And they did really well in the sense they didn't allow goals. They didn't. I think sport. they were surprised by the fact that Sporting Kansas City started as quickly as they did. We would have anticipated that they would have done what they could to kind of take their foot off of the gas. Why? Because the key like turnaround for their season is going to be their U.S. Open Cup game against Sacramento Republic this Wednesday. Didn't think that they would come in. But three minutes into it, you had a goal and attempt by Daniel Shallowy. A couple minutes after that, you got a yellow card by Acosta. That gives the new signing from Stuttgart, Tommy, an opportunity. And then around the 15-minute mark, Felipe Hernandez did a great job 
getting in the box, even getting by Chiellini, and Tommy was within a nose hair of scoring a goal. You'd think, what was this game going to be? How are the tactics going to shift if Sporting Kansas City got on the board early? And LAFC has not had that success at Children's Mercy Park, having only won one game there over the course of the last four years. I always think it's smart when a coach doesn't deviate. Like, he uses his post-game um, press to kind of keep his message going, and it's, it's smart, Steve. Look, we're saying all these things, and we're nitpicking here because we're top of the table, <laughs> and there's so many good things. But to Max's point, I agree. There has not been yet a 90-minute performance where they're absolutely dominant from start to finish. And I think Steve is pushing and willing the team towards that and saying, guys, it's good. We're very good. We're top of everything. But by the way, the season's not even three-quarters of the way done. And it's easy to show yet. them. They go, yeah. why don't we – let's get going in that first half, which it, they all know they haven't been able to do that in the first half, but they've done it in the second. Right. It's not job done. So I think it's smart of Steve to just – in, in, in a nice way possible, I'm sure the words behind closed doors are a little bit more pointed. <laughs> yeah. uh, but he's got to keep he's got to find ways to keep motivating these guys because there is a chance that they could put the pull the foot back off the pedal and that would be bad. But this sorry there, uh, Philly. But this we do know if they score first, they're going to win. Yeah. The numbers say they're going to win. If they don't fall behind in the first half, they're going to win. Mm -hmm. They're going to win this game. So even though they weren't to be able to execute, they're uh, if they can go to halftime and say, all right, scoreless. Or if we're up a goal, this game is going to go our way. And even when it scores because the, the, the way they were able to adapt, the way they were able to make some changes, the last two games in particular, it was immediate. Obviously, the yep. goal by Sifu against Nashville and against Sporting, you felt it. You felt mm -hmm. the switch was flicked and then it's, the goal was coming and it did. And then it came again. It almost came a third time. And you couldn't help but wonder how was the weather really affecting the game. I mean, after being in Los Angeles myself for a couple of years, Going back to an environment where you're dealing with a lot of humidity is kind of crazy. And Leonardo in the chat, who I who was there, was right? there. I mean, he was just sitting in there, and his shirt was soaking wet. Couldn't imagine how like that could have had its impact. Keep that on shirt. The Don't wash that shirt, Leonardo. Oh. Keep it. It's going to be valuable. And um, I don't know about valuable. Someone asked, uh, was it Andres? Someone asked about could they catch New England's point record? I would actually looked at that. They're just a little bit off the pace. A little bit off. They'd the have pace. to stay really, really good, which they're playing right now. But they'd have to. Still some road trips to some yes. very, very hot places. But if they keep playing like this, they very well could. But that's that's the motivation, though, right? That's where Steve keeps pushing them. And I think – I remember in 2019 we were all kind of talking about it. And as uh, as we all looked at it, we we're like, man, we have a chance at history. The team – actually, when I talked to some of those guys like Mark Anthony Kay, talking to Bob Bradley, talking to Carlos Vela, they said that they, they were like, we know we're a very good team. There's a very good chance we're going to be first in the West. That's what we want first and foremost. But then when about three-quarters of the way into the season, they were like, okay, there's actually a record on board. And that's when they actually all got together and said, as a team, guys, let's go for it. And I wonder if there's going to be a moment where they kind of look and go, let's really go for it. What if they pull away from the rest, which they have a little gap now from the rest of the teams for the supporter shield in the yeah. two, three weeks to go? I'm, I'm really getting ahead of myself here. Yeah. Two, three weeks ago, they've got the supporter shield locked up. I go, what can we play for? Well, Let's go for it. Well, they still are working on a couple of records. I mean, they broke the uh, the substitution goal record, and I think they're three goals shy of having uh, – 2019, the New York Red Bulls, uh, as a collective team, had 18 players score. We've had 15 players contribute to the scoring line with Gareth Bale, and we still have – you know, Chiellini's going to score. I think Latif is going to score. Latif is going to score. Let's say Mendez is going to score. I mean, Eddie could score. Eddie could score. Eddie could score. So that four guys right there. So now we're breaking more records. Yeah. Still breaking hearts and setting trends. Yeah. And if they get some more additions, which I don't know, the, the market's starting to close here, but we'll see. They could certainly, and they're, they're just actively looking so. Yeah. It's all good. It's not 100, 100%, but it's all pretty good. There's, there's still a lot of room for improvement. But, hey, if you're oh, going to go someone for asked, records. Sorry, someone asked about Kellen suspended. He is suspended for yeah, Seattle. Yeah, he's suspended because of the yellow card. But, look, if you guys, if we're talking about going for records and we're talking about some tough trips to Dallas, you're going to need depth. And, Max, you hit the nail on the head when you said, Anytime that an LAFC team comes into halftime at nil-nil, it's, it's got to be a terrifying. good it's, – it's terrifying for the opposing coach, but it's even a good sign for LAFC. And I know Steve is like, guys, could we just maybe win a game in the first half and get it all out of our system, like a 4-1 type drubbing? But if they could – honestly, I would play for a 0-0 every half, keep it a little You'll tight. Win. And You'll win the game. Because look at the depth. And it's not – it's across all areas of the pitch. And for those that want Gareth Bale to start – Maybe. <laughs> he looked leggy. He looked leggy, but this look, to me, he looked like he was going to score when he came in. And that, that feeling will just start to build even more. Five substitutes against Nashville. Five, so full allotment did the same against Sporting. It's not just bringing in Bale, which we said, you, we, we immediately look at the managers. I remember Gary Smith, we were talking to some of the folks on the sideline. There, he was like, yep. bring in Gareth Bale. Eddie Segura relieving Giorgio Chiellini and, like, 
usually when you switch a center back, there's a little transition period. There really wasn't. And then throwing in Latif. Mendez, who looked good. The fact that you can bring in Brian Rodriguez as well. There are a lot of options. The fact you can bring in Ryan Hollingshead to cover either of the fullbacks. I mean, it's an, uh, it's an embarrassment of riches. Well, somebody brought it up, and I know we'll do questions later, but I, this is a good spot to talk about that. Brian, we think, is probably going to be fit, possibly might feature against Seattle. I, I wouldn't expect him to start. But what is the dynamic with Brian Rodriguez, and how does that work? And what I'm thinking is, uh, I, look, I'd love to see Gareth Bale for 90 minutes week in and week out, but if he's not quite fully fit and if he's not pushing to start, yeah, then why Steve cause a has, problem? Yeah, then Steve has the ability to go, okay, Mahala, Chicho, Bron, or Carlos, go out there, you start the game, you wear him down, let's let's see what we can get out of it, and then I got Brian in my back pocket. Or maybe Brian starts and he wears him down. But if you can bring Gareth Bale and Brian Rodriguez on against a tired defense, it's a game eat. They're going to eat. And it's completely different from last season. I mean, last season we'd have people like Cal, no disrespect, but Cal Jennings coming off the bench. That's not going to strike fear in the heart of any kind of opposing back line. So, you know, Brian in his limited time at LAFC, and I think I spoke about this on the last time I was on the show, in the 10 games he's played, and he did manage like two goals, three assists. So he's been contributing in those times like, that he plays. In like sub a thousand minutes. Too. Yeah. So it's like, it's not just the games, the amount of games he's doing it in limited minutes. Yeah. We should probably mention this to Lullman because it was everyone saw it. Escobar getting upset about getting subbed out. It's normal. It's normal. He's a competitive guy, and he's working his way in. I mean, you don't really want to see that on the sideline, but I'm sure they'll talk about it because this not, winning and that's it's going to be on board. I don't know if they do, but that I, is pretty normal. I think it's you like the emotions. Yeah, he's an Argentinian player. It's it, the emotion of we, look. We he do, wants to play 90 yeah. minutes too. Say I right. did it. I've come back from this injury. I mean, I don't want to saddle anyone with, like, their nationality and that tells you how you play football. But in Argentina, those guys start a game and they expect to finish it. That's just the way they play. That's the, kind of the machismo of the Argentinian league. So he goes in there and he's like, I, I want to finish this game. I'm playing well. He played pretty good. I, I would say in possession, he could do a little bit better. But he was playing well. And I think it's weighing on him a little bit that he's had a stop-starty season. He'd love to go 90 minutes. I think, though, you see it. And as long as it only stays in that moment yeah. and he doesn't go into the locker room and isn't you know, acting weird with the with everyone while they're celebrating. I think you just go. And as Chris said, he did celebrate, and Chris nailed it. That's exactly. He wants to play 90 minutes. That's an achievement that you sit there. 90 minutes means I'm back. So he wants to hit that uh, that plateau, Mm -hmm. not that plateau, that that benchmark. Yeah. There's no plateau on this team. No, there's not. (laughs) We we, again, we haven't we haven't hit hit a 90 minute performance yet. So I mean, we've been talking about you know our players and our depth pieces, but we're gonna talk about our keeper, that and Maxime Cripo getting his sixth clean sheet of the season. Maxime Cripo also was a big part of our win on this past weekend. Sporting's not as good on set pieces as Nashville, they didn't, but they, they really but when you sewed keep that them up. Chances. But they sewed it up really nicely. Yeah. He came off uh, really good communication, uh, protecting. I love the play with Gareth Bale getting hit by Shallowy, and Bale's like, "It's okay," and then he comes over and goes, "No, it's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do yeah, that and the again." He's like, "I'll take care of it." And he's like, "Well, then take care yeah, of it." That was. I love that play, and uh, it's. I felt bad because. That was an achievement for a clean sheet, but we're so caught up in bail and that they went about their business led by Maxime Crepeau and got a clean sheet on the road, which is something to be very proud of because it doesn't happen a lot. Yeah, Yeah. first half, LAFC had a little bit of luck. Obviously, the Tommy chance goes just around the bar, but then they also had Maxime Crepeau, and I think that really helped out. And little little teaser here, he's going to be on the Max and Vince podcast. We'll be talking to him tomorrow about it. But I thought, we're going to ask him what he said to Shelley. Look, the, all, the, all the plaudits will go to Chicho Arango. They'll go to Gareth Bale, but if... If Cropo's not there, and he doesn't get uh, a lot of saves there because there are a lot of set pieces where it's a collection or a punch, but those were vital, vital things. And we talked about it. In in the past seasons, LAFC's goalkeeper's biggest problems has been in traffic. Yep. And Maxime's one of his strongest parts of he his excels, game. Yeah. He excels in traffic. He, he's okay going up for challenges. He's not going to be thrown off by that. And even if he gets one kind of wrong, it still goes far enough out that you, you've cleared the danger, and he's, he's not afraid to do it again. I'm confident. I'm confident with Maxime Crepo. As a goalkeeper here, he does enough what you want right in, the, in Major League Soccer games, and I think he's put any of those little second-guess plays behind him. Since Seattle, which was his other, which was a big error, and he would admit that, he's been pretty flawless. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a wise man becomes wise because they make the most mistakes, and obviously we don't want to see him making any more mistakes, but he's piling up on those clean sheets. I think Tyler Miller, in his most productive season at LAFC, had 10 clean sheets. Uh, Maxime Cripo's only four shy of he's got tying six that record. Six already. Craig, I'm not saying that. Sorry. Uh, that's <laughs> what is that? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Read the chat for oh, everyone boy. that wants yes, to right. see okay, that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, Maxime Crepo. And then you have 
this situation where this defense is going to get solidified behind him, and he has the know-how of Giorgio Chiellini and Eddie Segura coming back, that is all going to work out. It's still going to have a little speed bumps because you haven't played with this certain group, but everyone's healthy, and man, that back line is going to be rock solid. Got to work on the set pieces, but it did get better on Saturday. Got to keep that going against teams like Seattle that will be pretty handy there. Seattle's got... Yeah, this would be another this big, is a test. Another big test for them, for sure. Is it though? I mean, Seattle isn't had. It's the Seattle, man. It doesn't matter. I know when it's they still can, Seattle. They can, yeah, we when they deserve to be nervous. Remember, remember, they don't have to have their best season to be their sharpest in the matches. They're right. gonna make right. the playoffs. Fair enough. I still want Maxime Cripo's Red Keeper jersey. Please sell that LAFCHQ. Well, maybe Max, Max and I will ask him. Maybe we can hook you up. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to hold Done. you to that. All right. I'm going to move us along. It's time to check in with LAFC players again in a segment we call Class of 22. This week, we're going full Hollywood. Not like Max Preto's Hollywood. Like, that big a, time. That was a long time ago. <laughs> we asked LAFC players who they want to play them in a movie about their life. Check it out. Tom Cruise. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. Will Smith. Uh, Will Smith. Naruto. Naruto. Yeah, anime. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I like that guys. Like never give up in life. So that's what I like that. about. Y un DiCaprio. Me cae bien. Just cause he's here, Will Farrell. ¿Cómo se llama el del el del transportador? ¿Cómo se llama? El pelo, el Hola, Jason Statham. Jason, ese, sí. ¿Y por qué? Porque me encanta. Sí, me gusta la película. ¿Sabes pelear como Jason Statham? No, pero mi hijo. Porque no salga yo, estoy bien. Mi hermano mayor. I like two dudes, Jim Carrey and Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Tatum, come on, man. Johnny Tatum, yeah, he's hot, but like, yeah, Johnny Knoxville's a bad <laughs> smoke. <laughs> Yo no, debería no. John McCarthy is just epic as That's great. But and I'm... he made the new cycle because uh, on the podcast, Giorgio called him out for the ruining his, his beautiful suit. We did not expect that, but we were very happy that, he was that, kidding, that Giorgio right? went, in, went in on that. But I want, to ask, I want to ask you guys, who plays you in a movie about your life? Darn good question. If we're talking about a serious film right here, I'm going to go with Colin Farrell. If it's a comedy, Rowan Atkinson. I mean, it's your life. Is it a comedy or is it a serious Vanny film? Vanny Sartini could maybe play that, yeah. There's only one right answer. No one said it. There's only one right answer. It's Denzel Washington. I want Denzel Washington playing me. You, you sound a lot like Chicho asking Will Smith. <laughs> I want to see the Next big screen, and I want to see Denzel Washington live in my life, and I will just be eating popcorn going, now nah, we're talking. <laughs> one day, one guy can dream. All right. He's the best at that. I am not. I am not going to answer. Instead, I'm going to leave that to the chat. Who plays me in a movie about? My oh life? no! Come no, no, on! No, 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 no! I want you guys. Ralph Macchio get in was there, that for? Roast me. By the way, Ralph Macchio's character in The Karate Kid. Vincent LaRussa. Oh yeah. Vincent oh. LaRussa. So I, I bet you guys are probably wondering why I have this very strange uh, thing on my lap. Well, we know what it is. I mean, I'm Pandora's like, box. Ooh. You're going to put your hand in Pan's right. Labyrinth. Well, guys. It's... Nothing good ever happened when you dug your hand into Pandora's box, according to mythology, by the way. I come up with a Chinese finger trap. We're going to keep that as very as literal as El- we can. Elijah Wood. All right. It's been a while since we did this next game. It was such a hit, we've decided to supersize it. It's time for Pandora's box of predictions. Boop, boop, boop. Oh, no DJ horns? Okay. Uh, here's a refresher for you guys at home. We'll reach into Pandora's box of predictions, and we must argue whatever statement we pull out, even if we happen to disagree with it. I will do us the honors and kick it off first, because I know you guys, I can tell Max's face terrified of Pandora. No, I'm laughing at all the people that they say you're going to play in a movie. They've oh, already confirmed Elijah one? Wood, Bruce Willis, Aaron Paul. David Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff, Jack yes. Black. Jordan Harvey. I think they were talking about me for Jack Connor Black. Collapses. Connor, I was, oh, yes, oh, I'd love Connor playing. That, Connor, that's, that's the best. Classically one. trained actor, he could pull it off. Ooh. Sifu will play his final game for LAFC this season. Uh, actually, I do agree with this, actually. I, I think that uh, if you had told me Sifu would play his final game for LAFC during the summer, I would say a little bit too soon. But he's definitely peaking at the right time. And then remember what happens after this. He's going to go off to the World Cup. There's going to be plenty of teams that have already been watching him. And I just think at the age and the profile that Sifu is, a lot of teams are going to be looking for that type of player that uh, basically can cover a lot of ground, presses really well from the front, can score a goal from time to time. He, he's technical enough that he can play as a playmaker at times. So I think 
if he keeps to this trajectory, then he goes to the World Cup and even just gets minutes, uh, teams get seduced by seeing a player at the World Cup. And, and to Max, this is a Max Bredos point that I will rehash. Ecuador is coming up when it comes to internationals uh, and sending players in and around the and world. And their league, too. Their league their is league, coming well, up. Yeah, their league itself, which is where he started. So I think a lot of teams would be smart to start looking around that Ecuadorian team and saying, we're some young guys that maybe we could pluck. And I think Sifu is probably one of the top names on that team. I think, I think he's a good fit in the Premier League. I think that's a bit weird. I, I look so at it and I go, that's well, a good fit in the Premier enough. League. Yeah. Somewhere there in the maybe mid-table. Wolves. Newcastle. All right, Ooh, so Wolves will be a good shout. Actually, let's let's see what I got in here. All right, putting my hand in Pandora box. Um, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to keep it in Max. I really was. Uh, okay, so mine says LAFC will not lose a game leading up to their match against Austin on August the 26th. And I mean that. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna agree with that. Lose because a game. They could tie a game. They're not gonna lose a game, right? You have to agree with it. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, you don't have a not, choice. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with it. I mean, look, we've been red hot. Success breeds upon success. We're going into the friendly confines of Bank of California Stadium to take on Seattle. And then, yeah, we got a couple of games in between now and August 26th. I mean, we've got Charlotte at home. That, that'll be a good one. I mean, we have games at the bank and you got DC United. I mean, that's talk about a dumpster fire right there. <laughs> there really is no reason why we should lose any games. We got to be and we're going to stay the best in the West and best in MLS. No one's taking us down. I don't even think anyone's going to take us down in September. That's my argument. That's what I'm sticking with. The bottom line, Philly 316 says so. Yeah, I think two fr- tough Friday, road Friday is the most, the biggest one probably. Two tough though. road trips though. Yeah. At Salt Lake, which is going to be tricky. We heard about the heat. Now they're going to deal with heat and altitude mm-hmm. and at San Jose. Not as tough, but still a challenging team, which LAFC has struggled with the last two years. But this is a different year. The producer told me to pull. I go, I'm getting there. <laughs> really got to shuffle it up, even though it's blind and can't. Ooh. <laughs> Gareth Bale will finish the season with more goals than Chicharito. Wow. Okay. He's got. How many does he need? How many? Yeah. Like how many does Chicharito like have? 10? Yeah, because I think Chicharito. It's going to be 11. right there, but he's going to get him because I think Bale's going to be pretty close to a goal a game. A goal a game? Goal a game. Okay. So let's say we have, what, 14 games? Let's, wow. let's put it at 12. Okay. So but Chicharito's going to have to go cold. So I know that sounds very unlikely. It's going to sound very – Chicharito's got seven goals. Really, seven? I'm okay. confirmed. It's in the bag. Okay. It's in the bag. Yeah, because Jovo is just taking over He'll have one Friday, right? and then he'll he'll be close to a goal a game from then, and he'll end up with, let's say, 12. Chicharito gets a few. He ends up with 11. It'll be close. But Gareth Bale is very realistic. What do you guys think? I don't know. I know you have to agree with it, but Chicharito, he scores in bundles. Watch, he's going to have two next game. Uh, I, I think I, I think he can get close, but beating it's going to be tough. I think he's, he's going to do it. That's right. I think. And then, <laughs> look, okay. a, a goal in 38 minutes play or 40 minutes play. Yeah, I just drafted a running back in the fantasy draft, so I get to pick again. <laughs> LAFC will be the first team since 2017 Toronto to win the Supporter Shield and MLS Cup. The reason I say this is we know MLS Cup playoffs are challenging and anything can happen. But if you, if, unless you're trying to be cute, you can't say that if, if you were asked, who do you think would win MLS Cup? You have to say LAFC. Mm-hmm. Based on what we're seeing, you have to say it's LAFC. They look good and they only look like they're getting better. If you're going to tell me who, give me a good reason. But just, you can't just tell me, oh, yeah, Salt Lake's going to get them and surprise them in the playoffs. That's a, a ridiculous prediction. <laughs> if you're being realistic... Right now, when you look at the competitors, which is right now Austin, Philly, New York City FC, which all have some issues. New York City FC has also lost their striker. Austin may not have the depth and the resources. Philadelphia could. But supporter shield-wise, it's going to be hard to, to predict any of those teams when you look at them against each other to catch LAFC. It's just a realistic prediction. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it's a factual one. It's a realistic one. Well, I don't know about NYCFC. I mean, Tati went ta-ta, so, I mean, that's yeah. obviously going to – a problem in there. I think with the way that they've been winning, they're going to be much better in the playoffs. I think Steve's got them set up that way. So actually, in my mind, winning the Supporter Shield was kind of a little tougher for this team. Because if you talk about a team that has slow starts in the first half, yes, they've been very good in the second half of games. You can't, it's not normally sustainable throughout the course of an entire season to do that. But the fact that they are there, and then that's going to bode well for when they do get in the playoffs. Look, Supporter Shield is the toughest trophy to win because it's it's a course of six months. Plus, you got to contend with an Eastern Conference, as Elias Sanchez told us. Hey, there's teams that get to go to, like, Inter-Miami, and they get to go to Cincinnati when Cincinnati weren't well. And then MLS Cup is more a little more about luck. But I think that LAFC now has made their luck that much better by the style that they're starting to play. 
Uh, it's just a shame, like that 2017 Toronto team, we can't compete for the domestic treble. <laughs> yep. Oh well. oh, well, such is life. If you cover the yeah. league and they, you said who's going to win it, and if you said something other than LAFC, you being silly. 2017 Canadian Cup, too, by the way. Carson like Daly? <laughs> what? That's Carson not, Daly. No way. That's, that's not Carson bad. Daly There's is no nice. way. Will Arnett, maybe. Okay. I get Joe Rogan a lot now lately. <laughs> you don't look like Joe Rogan at all. That's what I'm saying. you're doing combate? Yeah. Someone said Vince Vaughn on the airplane the other day, too. I could see that a little bit. You guys both have. It's all good. Big, you're big chested. Barrel chested. Barrel chested. Barrel, barrel chested. Wide ribs. All wide right. Ribs. So, what, wide ribs. so Pandora is pandering to me right now, and she's telling me that LAFC will clinch the supporter shield with four games to play. Ooh, that's a lot of games. That's that's a fair amount of games. Um, but again, if we operate in the same trajectory <laughs> as we have been, there's no reason why we shouldn't. I mean, we have, again, a very deep team in so many facets. We have 15 goal scores. I'm assuming we're going to beat that 2019 New York Red Bulls team. And they're going to continue to dominate at home. And the thing, I mean, we talked about securing a point on the road uh, as, as being like a means of success for winning in this league. LAFC already has more road wins now this season than they did last year. We're talking 6-3-1, and one, so I think they're just going to continue that pace. And sure, four games. I'm going to call it five games. I'm going to up the ante. Wow. Thank you, Pandora. That's so seven games from Look now. Out, we, and he just hands we, it off. Like, we we might we're be, not debating this. Yeah. <laughs> I will. It, it, they do, it could happen, but the other teams have to slip. But guess what? Everyone's slipping off the back tire. Yeah. Everyone's slipping off the bumper of LAFC with the exception of three teams right now, maybe four overall in MLS. When is that that Austin game would be like? 26. The 26. 26. But like when is that in the cycle? Like how That's many? five games away. So oh, what we have 14, yeah. so it'll be nine. Okay. Still a lot of season left. Yeah. Still a lot of season. Okay, what do I got here? <laughs> Steve Trondolo will not win Coach of the Year. Oh. And the way this game goes, I have to say that I agree with that. I think... If you look at it, and if you're the voters, you say, uh, I'm not voting for Steve Trundolo because he got handed <laughs> Giorgio Keeling. He got handed People Gareth will Bale. vote that way. He got, he's got Chicho on a hot streak. He's got guys that have been injured that are not going to come back, Brian Rodriguez. I mean, this, the squad is stacked, and I think a lot of times voters do like to look at teams and say, I want the coach that has done the most with the least. It's kind of sometimes why people will say sometimes a, an MVP should come from a team that's maybe not as good because if they didn't have that guy, they'd be that much worse. Uh, so I think that that's, there is a good shout that Steve will not win it because as bad as good as they've been this year, you got to remember how bad Austin was last year. So I think a lot of people are going to look at Josh Wolf and say he deserves it. The team didn't change all that much. Uh, it must have been a coaching job by him, whereas Steve got to come in with a team that I think uh, had a lot of moving parts, and a lot of people are going to give more credit to uh, John Thornton and Wilkins. We got you know what we got to do. Danny, who does our social, uh, just. Clip that off, take out the part at the beginning where he gave it context, and just publish it as your take for Coach of the Year. Because Andres thought you were he, – he had to argue on behalf of that point. He doesn't really believe it, or do yeah. you? Yeah. Do you no, believe it? I don't. I, I believe that he should. When it, you come into the – Josh Wolf could, but they have to stay up there the could, whole time. Look, you replace Bob Bradley. That's a really tough ask. And then you bring in a ton, a ton of players, and we all agreed that they were the right moves. There's no saying that it's got to work out. The guy that has to work it out is Steve Trondolo. So as much as I argued that Josh Wolf gets credit for taking a team that didn't change much and making them better, I think Steve gets a lot of credit for making the pieces work. Wait, real quick. Are we gonna ask? Okay, we'll ask these questions in the chat because there's some good ones. And speaking of which, yeah, get in there. Give, the, give us those questions. Let's go through that Q&A. Again, we love the interaction. It makes this show a lot more fun. It makes our jobs more fun. So come at us. Hit us up with some questions. Uh, I like the, uh, the, the, the turtle from Entourage thing playing me. That's cute. Two New Yorkers in there. I'm still applying for that Chris Kirkpatrick thing with sync. Anyway, so, I mean, throw <laughs> us those questions. Let's get to it. The next in touch is going to be awkward. Uh, yeah? I'll tell you what. The, the last in touch was awkward because I told Steve we were going to do something where we we're going to um... – Play some more games where I compete with him. Um, and he, in no uh, short terms, said he was going to kick my ass. Yeah. So. Soccer USA, I will answer that question about Steve Trinolo and LAFC for more than three years when we get around to it. That's a good one. Well, I think we're doing questions now. Are we doing questions now? Yeah. Okay, we're here. Let's ask that one. Will... That is clearly a Steve Chirundolo decision. And we've talked about how comfortable he's back in Southern California. He likes, he wears his flip-flops. He's got his buddies down in San Diego. He's enjoying the life. He enjoys the beach. So if he's enjoying the LAFC experience, uh, he will stay. And I get the feeling he's the kind of guy that would say, if I'm happy and my family's happy, I will stay. Mm -hmm. Most LAFC people 
players, coaches feel that way. Now, I will say that his credentials were, are right now a guy who could follow Jesse Marsh to Europe because he's done all that in Europe. Right. And if Jesse Marsh is doing well with those German ties, they're going to look at Steve Terundolo when they start looking for, obviously, managers in Germany and other mm -hmm. places as a good candidate because this is a high-profile team he's doing. Well, yeah. well, what would your thoughts He could. But to I feel Europe, like three not years, MLS, to But I feel Europe. like three years is the minimum to see a body of work and yeah. say, okay, like this year is very good, but we'd have no idea what's going to happen next year. You don't know who exactly is going to be back. You want to see him face some adversity. I think he will be here th that, at yeah, least I, that long. I think three years is – if you're a European team, you look at Steve Trundle and say, I, I'm say not, three yeah, years, and then we can start to make him. I think even before three years, they may look and at least ask. Yeah, uh, But would you guys think he might have a shot down the road, maybe taking over for Greg Berhalter? I would certainly oh, absolutely. reconsider him and strongly. He, he definitely talks about his time with the national team fondly. It, it means a lot to him, having played in World Cups, uh, the vast experience that he has. And he just, I think he just works really well with young players because his vibe just kind of clicks with guys and keeping them not too high, not too low. He just kind of keeps them right on that level. Uh, and I think for a U.S. national team that going forward is still going to be young even in 2026, yeah, you could look to Steve Terundola. Dortmund, people think Dortmund and Byron, it's not out of the realm of possibility. He has those contacts. He'll have people come to the plate and say he is ready for those jobs. Mm -hmm. I promise you that. And Giorgio Chiellini at LAFC, wouldn't that be something uh, down the road? Somebody asked an interesting question that has already disappeared. What former LAFC player would you want to bring back for this team? And I, I, I'm going to add this on. They didn't have this context. You can't just, because I was like, oh. I, I think this one's pretty easy. Mine would be Atuesta at first. And then I was like, no, but Ilya is so good. And like well, now you got to deal with, where does Ilya play with Atuesta? Uh, I would change mine to Diego Rossi. It's Diego Rossi. It's Diego Rossi. He's, we're missing that. Yeah, Robert Barranco asked that question. Great, great question, Robert. Yeah. Marco Orenia? Yeah, who would you? No, not Marco Orenia. Look, I, I miss uh, Marco. Marco. I, I love Marco. I, he's he's, he's hanging guy. out in Australia. He's having a good time playing over at, like, Wellington or wherever he Central is. Central Coast Mariners. Oh, that's right. Not Wellington. That's in New Zealand. I would bring back the bull in the china shop himself. Dio. Dio. Oh, that's nice. who I would bring back. I'd love to have Dio back on the team for a season. I like it. I mean, imagine, I mean, obviously, I don't know where he would feature in the lineup. But having Dio back would be fantastic. Aaron Kovar. The cool thing about Aaron Kovar is well, nothing. No, well, no, I think so. In his career, maybe not on the field, but in the Sorry, classroom Aaron. at Stanford. The kid, the kid's he, but he's genius. given me enough stick back and forth that yeah. Aaron kind of deserved that. Well, I'll tell you, my, my, his proudest accomplishment still something cool. No LAFC player can say this. He scored against Borussia Dortmund in that friendly. So that's, that's right. kind of a cool thing about Walker Zimmerman's a good one too. But they're so so wealthy. Uh, there was a question a little further back, asking Ken Vela. Bale and Chicho play together. And I think that's the big question there. And they did play together on Saturday, and it worked. Mm -hmm. I think there's – you may have to sacrifice. We've talked about it already on this program. If the presser's not working, you can play a certain way where those three can be effective. You may not be prime effectiveness with those three at any long stretch. It's not ideal for Steve because he does want to press. He wants forwards that are active. And so you already, you're already making exceptions for Carlos Vela. Let's, let's be honest. Carlos is good at angles, but he's not going to exactly give you the 100% pressing all the time. So, and you don't really want him to because you want him to be fresh when you counterattack. So you make adjustments for him. Then you take Chicho, who we've already talked about, who I think tries really hard. It's not about being lazy. He's just not good at it. He literally is just not good at it. Yeah. And then Gareth Bale, who I think has never been told to really press all that much. So he's more in the Carlos camp. So if you, if you say Carlos, that's one guy. So now we're defending with, with nine. Then you say Chicho, okay, now we're defending with eight. Then you say Gareth, okay, now we're defending with seven. You're really That's putting a lot of pressure on those yeah. guys. And I think there's a way to do it. Like Max said, I think if you if you lay in weight a little bit more, maybe you play more mid-block or deep block. I think it's just going to depend on circumstance and team because there's some teams that will carve you up if you just lay in weight like that. So I'll pick another question from the chat. Our, guy, our, our honest thoughts about Pancho Janela going off to Nacional on loan. Good for Pancho Janela. He needs to play. I think Pancho has a skill set and a talent. He's a very good passer. He's pretty slick on the ball, but he's just not athletic. They need, they need an athletic defender because they needed a guy, a midfielder, because they needed a guy to cover a couple positions. And he wasn't ideal in that. I think in a right position, he's good. This is a great club for him to go. They have international competition, the Copa Sudamericana. So Nacional have, maybe they get Luis Suarez. Yeah, I saw that rumor <laughs> on Twitter. I was going to bring I that doubt up. it. I doubt it, but uh, it's a good spot. And once again, in the tradition of LAFC putting their players, and this is still their player on loan, in a good position. Yeah, Poncho needed to play in a league that was maybe less transition, less physical. And to your point about covering multiple positions, it's not just covering like the six and the eight. Let's go back to what we were just talking about. Those midfielders have to make up for the fact that those forwards don't <laughs> press that much. They're part of the seven. And so when you're asking Sifu to run everywhere, and then you're asking Ilya to run everywhere, and then maybe you have 
Poncho, who can't <laughs> quite run everywhere. It just it's asking for trouble. And Mendez, his his athleticism is through the ceiling. So it just it's it's the type of player that you needed. And I think Poncho's too young to give up on, but he can't just be sitting on the bench. The key to beating Seattle this time. I think it's a better matchup for LAFC than it was last year. It's a lot better, uh, certainly the way they can yeah. uh, address it. You'd want to see a functioning press, I think. Uh, or just a, a very compact, smart, smart, yeah. in, compact in moments. Uh, you just can't let you can't let Seattle lull you into this false sense uh, of complacency in and around in your half, where you're you're all set up in your half, you're moving the ball around, and then they just wait for one bad touch, and Jordan Morris is gone, and he's on the other side. And then the other thing is finish your chances. Seattle just seems to to score goals at the most opportune moments, and they did it all throughout the CONCACAF Champions League, whereas LAFC, I think, is starting to grow into that, as we're seeing with Bale scoring goals and, and scoring against Nashville. But it's always been about high quantities of chances, and then maybe a few go in. Now LAFC's kind of whittled down the chances a little more, but they're, they're yeah, putting them they in the should. back of the net. They I think, should get it. I also think at the same time they're doing a lot better with teams that apply physical pressure on them. I mean, mm -hmm. we'd see how they would crumble against teams like Portland. They would look to the ref. They would be a little too finesse. So I think this is a much stronger and more athletic team than we've seen oh, in the yeah. past. So they can take that physical pressure and, and not necessarily crumble the way they had in previous seasons. Um, go, sorry. Oh, you go. All right, so I, I guess maybe we get another address another quick question, and it's a good point, and you talked about it earlier. Kellen Acosta will not feature in the game on Friday due to yellow card accumulation. How do you think the tactics are going to shape up for Seattle then? Can't really lose midfielders, unfortunately, for LAFC because they're down to four now, right? Right. Uh, four guys. Danny Christostomo is the emergency guy who could come in, but I imagine Latif will come to that position, and Mendez will play a big role. Yeah, I think that's why you you made the move because you you need midfielders regardless. I don't I, I honestly don't think it changes much because as Steve has said multiple times when asked about Sebastian Mendez is like we get players in that we know can play multiple positions because we want to have that flexibility. So Latif comes in, if he has to fill in for Kellen, he knows what he has to do to fill in for Kellen. If he's going to fill in for Sifu, he knows hey, you're going to be a little bit farther up the pitch. I think I think Latif can do that. I think Mendez can do that. I I honestly don't think tactics change at all. It's just I think what you really miss is set-piece delivery from Kellen. Right-footed set-piece delivery you're going to be lacking. Yes, uh, which you can live by. And that Garrett Bale could probably help in some of the yeah. set-pieces, more free kicks going forward. Uh, the, the former player debate is getting out of control here. I saw Fito Celaya. <laughs> <laughs> he did score a couple of goals for him. Yeah, he did. I did. I got to he call those. Bangers. Uh, Andres asked, what, what burritos do we eat when we wake up at top of the table? What so I guess burritos? he's asking what, you, what would be your, like, celebration burrito of preference to be, like... Um, in the morning. Or whenever. No, I, I, a good Al Pastor burrito oh, I'll, with some I'll pineapple in there. Ooh. Spicy. With a nice have, agua fresca. Of, what are we having for lunch? It's making yeah, me... Yeah, I'm starving. Pretty excited. You guys are looking like drumsticks today. talking right now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me. Look over there. Mmm, <laughs> Vince. Creepy. <laughs> Creepy. All right. Th thank you guys for all your questions. As usual, they're always great. That was, that was good. We got through all, quite a few questions. Great questions from you guys. Yeah, That's all, why that works. Yeah. All, and we're glad that you guys sent them in because sometimes uh, the questions are slow to come and then we move on and we don't have them, but we got to go through a bunch. But now I got to move us along because we are coming to that part of the show. It's time for stoppage time. It's our chance to rant about whatever is top of mind. And Max Bredos, you are up first. What is your stoppage time topic? We are all elated by the current state of LAFC. Uh, I know you feel it. We feel it. Coming to do the show on Monday is super exciting. It's going to be the same next Monday and the same next Monday and the same next Monday because this is a legit super team. LAFC, and I'm not comparing them to Manchester City, but in the context of the league they play in, are the same club. They have luxury players at every position, like Manchester City. That's why they can beat these teams. That's why people want to watch teams like Man City and Liverpool and Real Madrid. So within MLS, LAFC has that edge because, as Taylor Twelman pointed out before the broadcast, when they showed the bench for LAFC, that 75% of, he said, the entire bench could start for 75% of MLS teams, which is very true. When you just start with Gareth Bale and you go on down from that. So this is a real fun team to watch. We're enjoying it, but I think it's also worth noting that the, the cities that are watching LAFC pay them a visit are enjoying them as well. And we saw that in Sporting Kansas City and some of the folks, and I know Leonardo touched on, when Gareth Bale scored that goal, there was a huge pop. That's not just the LAFC traveling supporters. That's fans that got to see that and were excited that they did. They're not pulling against their team, but they were excited that Gareth Bale was able to put that in, and they saw it. And it was packed. That was the worst team in the Western Conference. And they do well attendance-wise, but that place was full. So all these places that LAFC are going to visit are going to be electric. 
You're welcome, Salt Lake, <laughs> San Jose, uh, Austin, Houston, Dallas. Three, t- three Texas trips, Senator. That's going to be tough. Yep. Minnesota and Portland because you get to see this incredible show. You can boo it all you want, but you being at that stadium is going to be special knowing that you got to see this. You're welcome, the state of Texas. <laughs> You're welcome, Texas. Good. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm up now. My stoppage time is something that we've been talking kind of in a roundabout way a lot about, but not hitting it on the head. And it's, I think Sebastian Mendez is going to be, is kind of the missing piece in, in all this because he's gone under the radar when you think of obviously Chiellini and Bale, and that's not his fault. It's not a problem, but uh, LAFC really likes this player. This is actually a player that they, they were looking for at the beginning of the season, seeing if Orlando was open to moving him. Uh, it turns out Orlando was, was asking for something that LAFC didn't really want to go for, but then as they went through the season, and didn't use Mendez as much. LAFC wanted to pounce. And I'm just looking at that roster, and I was looking at it thinking, man, if Ilya or Kellen Acosta are out for any period of time, that's where we're really going to have a lot of trouble. And they, they plug that hole immediately. It's already We don't even have to worry about it because Mendez comes in. And this is a guy that's an Ecuadorian international. He's probably going to play in the World Cup as well. And like I said, he can play all the positions. He's a six, he's an eight. But on top of it, it's not just his technical quality. He is... Uh, athletic enough that he can run around the field. He can do all the things that Steve Tronola wants him to do, but from a myriad of positions. So look at Giorgio Chiellini and Bale as, you know, the big superstar signings, but that under-the-radar signing might have plugged a hole that could have been very dangerous for LAFC. So Sebastian Mendez might be that missing piece that really pushes this team over the edge. Some more Ecuadorian elegance in the house. Right. I think Ecuadorian road trip for this show, no? We try. I'm we down. talked to Sifu about the best places to go, so we already know that. I think we uh, really should. It's going to happen. By the way, you can get to Ecuador for very cheap right now. Out of Miami, but get, you can get there. Even with gas price? <laughs> you have to take a plane. <laughs> All right, so obviously we're talking about plugging in holes and, and obviously becoming more, uh, having more depth to our club, but... Last time I was on here and I gave my stoppage time, I did say that Carlos Vela would end up leading Major League Soccer in assists. Not in goals, but in assists. And he's already on pace and on on track of having more assists this season than he did in 2019. So piggybacking off of that, who's going to be the recipient of those Carlos Vela dimes? Chicho Arango, who is going to end up leading Major League Soccer in goals. That race is going to be tight towards the end. Now again, that Tati went Tata. He is no longer in the race. I think Chicho is going to end up contending for the golden boots with with Hani Mukhtar and, of course, Sebastian Driussi. You can't count those guys out. But I see him surpassing Brandon Vasquez. I see him surpassing Daniel Gazdok, and I really do think that he's going to be yet. He's going to become the third player in LAFC's history to bring home a golden boot. That's going to be fun if he can be able to pick them off, which is possible because right. this clip. I know he's streaky, as you point out, but uh, it, that seemed far fetched a month ago. You wouldn't even think about it. It's not far fetched now. He's streaky, but there's more than enough games to have maybe just a little lull and still figure it out. So there you go. I, I like it. And Gazdag, he's definitely catching that. Gazdag. Oh, yeah. He's one, well, I think he's just one behind him. Yeah, like Gazdag is lucky to even be there. He should yes. be like, they're, but they're like, not gonna, he's not going to get a lot of chances. Chicho probably is. Last uh, celebrity to play you. Are you okay with that? Paul Giamatti, a fabulous actor. Uh, doesn't say <laughs> Sideways, much about, classic. Doesn't, doesn't say much about get the way I to look. Solvang. I got Sasha Baron Cohen. I'm not angry yeah. with that. <laughs> uh, I do enjoy Billions. Very good show. Good show, yes. All right, guys, we're wrapping up. Thank you to everyone who watched today and to those of you who'd like to catch up with us on the road. For example, every time every 110 football show is available as a podcast as well. So simply search 110 football on your platform of choice, and there we are. Just magically appears on your phone. The content continues today as Angels Wear Boots prepares you for the second half of the NWL season in a preview of Angel City's match against OL Reign. This weekend, Megan, Nina, Amanda, and Lauren will be with you, and that's gonna be a great show. The three of us, though, as well as your partner in crime, Scarf, Scarf. will be live Scarf. in the bank as LAFC comes home. To battle Seattle. We'll be there live with our tailgate, pre- tailgate pregame at 7.45 p.m. Immediately after the match, you can catch us with our instant reaction postgame from just outside of free play, long live free play, and, mm, <laughs> and they peace. live here on our YouTube channel, so don't miss it. Hey, come be a part of the show, and then run home and watch yourself on YouTube, and then share it with all your friends. I Great think idea. That's a perfect end of, I love it. You can use it for your sag reel. Shots on Vince. Sure. Sure. Just meet me at just meet me at the top of free play. <laughs> Rest in peace, free play. It'll be back. Follow 110 football. <laughs>